Every aspect of your e-commerce business impacts customer experience. From advertising and packaging, to product functionality, website usability, and even reliability. Your long-term growth and profitability will hinge on your ability to deliver the best experience for your buyers. And this podcast will show you how. Tune in monthly for actionable and insightful discussions with the brightest minds at the intersection of e-commerce and customer experience. Welcome to the e-commerce customer experience podcast presented by Digital Genius. I'm your host, Chris Kellner. It's time for another episode of the e-commerce customer experience podcast. Our last guest was Dr. Natalie Petuhoff. The conversation with Natalie was so much fun. Now it's time to interview another incredible expert in the field. My guest today is Thibaut Martin, a customer support leader with a passion for building the most efficient customer service operations for customers. Welcome to the show, Thibaut. Thank you, Chris. Hey, everyone. Uh, good to be here and happy to discuss customer experience. Welcome, Thibaut. Thibaut is the former head of customer experience at Otrium, an end-to-end platform of price fashion. His experience spans over five years working in different customer and experience positions at several organizations, including Google and Renault. Thibaut, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and how you got where you are today? Yeah, clear. So I think I always like to start by just saying that I'm actually an agent myself. When I started my career, I was on the floor taking phones, chats, and even Hangouts back in the time. It was not the Google Meet yet, but uh, we're taking Hangouts uh, at the Google support. So yeah, I got the experience of working directly with customers, feeling the pain sometimes and trying to help them uh, as, as much as you can. And then I grew over three years there, became a team lead, working on forecasting, scheduling, managing the team, the KPIs, things like this for the French market. And yeah, and fast forward, about three years ago, I joined Autrium, which was still kind of a startup, early scale-up maybe, if you want to say it like this. Yeah, a stage. And, and the idea was for me to, to join because they were planning to expand to multiple geos, different countries in Europe. And the idea was to structure the team so we can scale easily and that we could support all the all the customers we had. So that's where I'm coming from, a bit where I am right now. I love that story. And I think I hear that a lot with just actually like myself working a startup where you kind of grow through an organization. You really see it from the very early days to you know when it starts to a scale, hyperscale, and, and you really need to start to prepare for growth, which is a completely different job to the one that you started when you first joined. Yeah. Tibo, you you've obviously seen quite a lot of things. You know, what, what do you think are the attributes of exceptional customer service? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I don't know that if there is a magic <laughs> magic formula or something, but my perspective and from what I read a bit online also, I think the quickness of the answer is still something that our customers are looking for. Of course, the quality needs to follow, but I think resolving the issues of customers is something that is still key in support. That's what makes a big difference also. For example, this morning I had a chat with a company because I wanted to have a quick answer. They answered to me in less than two minutes on the chat. And and then that's, I think, what makes me happy. Uh, So I don't have to wait for hours to, to really get a really simple answer. So I think this is still kind of something super important. Of course, it means that processes, workflows, tools needs to be there also to help that because I think it's not only about humans. Sometimes it's also about what you can do through automations and, and making the setup of your operation the, the best it can. But I think it's still kind of something that customers are expecting. I would say the second thing from my perspective is really 
about how much you are able to focus on customers. And what I mean by that is really understanding what customers are expecting based on the data you have available. I think it's really important when you are a customer support leader to start from the data, try to understand where the the biggest pain points are, what are the ones that are going to solve the most headache for you and and really focus and double down on, on those ones so we can work on them and hopefully see customer satisfaction increase, potentially customer review also. And I think those are super good feedback loops that you need to have in place so you can also pinpoint those things. But yeah, I think if I have to put only two, those are the ones that I would really focus on. There are a lot of things coming behind it, especially in 2023. But I think yeah, those are the biggest one in my mind right now. And Tiba, what would you say if you had to pick out, and, and I'm sure there's many things, but you know, if you had to pick out you know, the one thing that you've seen that gets in the way of providing good customer service, what would you say that would be? For me, I'm going back to the data point. I think that's something I've personally struggled with when you don't have the right data to actually use or provide even to your agents. I think in the ideal world, your agent, when someone calls them, should be able to see exactly the ID of your customer, who they are, did they buy recently, who supported them, did they engage with your FAQ, did they engage with chatbot or automation from your, your support before, all those kind of things, so you can have really a good picture of who you are speaking with. Because sometimes agents are a bit blind. I think I've seen it myself. Sometimes you just have someone calling you and you don't know what's going on. So I think those data points connected and not siloed in the company is super important. So you can have marketing, product, logistic, whatever uh, data coming to your system and, and leverage that as, as a way to create a great experience for the customer. I think that's what we are missing sometimes. And I think that's where I'm also sometimes a bit sad to see it's not a priority for some companies to, to work on those data for the customer support and customer experience side of the business. That's a main block for me. And if you unlock this one, I think it's helping uh, then a lot on, on a lot of other topics. And I've seen you written that customer service is not a department, it's an attitude. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I've written that down basically because I think my feeling is that too many companies are still considering customer experience as a cost center or customer support as a cost center. When I see it as a really truly underestimated value center from my perspective. And I feel like the only way to change this, this this point of view, shift the perception basically is to try to build customer centricity inside your your company. And I think it's really needed that it goes from, from the top and that the entire company is actually involved in that. Because I think everyone from C-levels to people in, in your warehouse or from people in the tech team, they need to understand what customers are saying what is working, what's not working, so they can be also, if not incentivized, at least empowered to see, okay, this is something that I can act on and, and try to change that from my my side, because I think customer support cannot push everything on every mark, on every department, on every little piece of feedback we get. But I think if everyone is really involved and really motivated or really feels the, the connection to customer, then it makes it really easier to work on all those small things that together can make an experience for the customer so much better and so much yeah, smoother in a way. And that's interesting on customer centricity. I'm sure, you know, if you surveyed top executives at a lot of brands, you know, they would think that they're customer centric, but maybe they actually not are. What, you know, what if you were looking at an organization, you know, what would be the major traits which would tell you that a business is actually customer-centric? 
Yeah, I think it's a good one. I think yeah, it's easy to say on a slide or something, customers are a pillar of the company, but you have to translate that in actions. So I think there are simple things that can be put in place by a company to at least go in, in the direction of this customer centricity. I think for me, for example, one thing that I would like to in, in implement in every company out there is just to say, okay, whenever someone joins the company, whatever department you are solving, you're going to go at least for two days in the customer support team and you're going to shadow and look what's happening there. What are the questions we receive on a, on a daily basis? How do we solve them? And I think it's, again, something that is really undervalued in terms of how well you can know your business and what company you are joining. So I think that's one thing. I think you need also to think about, I don't know if it's a newsletter or a monthly meeting, whatever, but something where it's only dedicated to customer insight, customer data, and showing what we know about our customers and what we are doing to solve those issues. And at least in those meetings, in this newsletter, whatever the, the format you want to take, you just take away everything revenue-related or sales-related. It should be only about customers. And I think that's that's super important. And the last one, I think it's also sometimes a bit difficult. It's really about personality and so on. But I think you have you need to have someone in your company, maybe even the CEO if it's possible, but that is really hyper-focused on customer centricity and is passionate about customers, is is sharing inside the company and outside the company what we're doing for, for customers. And it really should transpire from this person that uh, customer is basically what is motivated the most about. And I think then if you have those things together, then you can create kind of... Uh, a company uh, culture about the customer centricity. It takes time. It's, uh, it's not something that's going to happen from one day to another, but uh, I think those are potentially small tips that you can try to implement from my perspective to help go in the in the right direction here. No, I, I really like that. Another thing we've heard on the on the podcast a few times when, when you talk about how do you make customers a strategic priority is you know bringing customer conversations to the executive and two days for any new joiner in the in the customer support world. I think would just add to that even further. Another term we often hear around, alongside customer centricity in the, in the world of customer experience is empathy. How do we you know, serve our customers with empathy? How do we build that into our model? Based on your experience, how would you typically incorporate empathy into your CX strategies? So yeah, I think one thing is really about the fact that in a lot of cases, we have really structured processes. We have workflows in place and so on. And sometimes we, I think I read somewhere on LinkedIn, I don't remember, but that we are going sometimes a bit too much in asking chatbots, for example, to act too much as human and human to act too much as bot, for example. And I think automation and, and chatbots are going to be a huge game changer when it comes to making the life of agents and company so much smoother and, and users to get the answer they need really quickly. But I think we also need to when it comes to human agents, we need to give them a bit more flexibility, a bit more ownership on the decision they, they will take depending on the situation they have with some customers. And I think, of course, empathy is also something that you can train around soft skills. And that's what we also try to do uh, when we do the onboardings and not just train really only on uh, this is a process and so on. I think that a good kind of a balance that you can try to do when it comes to training is to say, okay, 10% of the training is going to be really about processes, almost like you go to school. 30% is going to be like buddy or kind of one-on-one -on -one with a buddy in the team kind of training where you, you learn by looking at what a more experienced person is doing. And I think that's where you can also infuse a bit this empathy coming from someone that has more expertise to the newcomers. 
And the last one, I think 70% is really about like training on the job and you will learn. But my perspective is that also if you provide, again, the data and the information to those agents, they will also have the right tools to actually do the right thing for the customer. And I think empathy is also part of it. That's how we approach it. There is a lot of training around that in our team, much more related to soft skills. And that's the way we try to to approach that and, and to make regular checkbacks on this, checking also from a quality perspective, how they perform on those key key topics, because empathy is also a key points that we have in our quality review processes to make sure that we are still in line. And, and when we identify agents that are not really on track with this, then we, we look at uh, going maybe for more escalated coaching, either with the team leads or with the training team to give them the tools they need to go more for empathy in the way they exchange with customers. You mentioned something around obviously automation and bots, which is a, obviously a key theme in the industry these days when it comes to customer experience, especially you know looking to the future when businesses are looking to cost cut. But you know there is a lot of research out there that says you know consumers feel frustrated when their content is not personalized. In your experience, you know how do you balance kind of introducing automation and bots with personalization? Yeah, that's always a bit the challenge, I think, because you need to understand. Again, maybe I'm saying that a lot, but data is really important from my perspective. You need to understand what are the topics where it makes sense to actually go for automations because technically it's a really simple question. Technically, we can integrate the data, let's say, from a third party about a delivery status or something like this, and you don't necessarily need to have someone jumping, like a human agent jumping onto those questions. So I think you need to really take a step back, look at the data you have and understand what are maybe the three, four, five kind of cases, use cases that you can definitely automate and won't have an impact on the experience of the customer. I think you need to understand which of those cases are where it's more important to be quick in the resolution than providing a really super personal experience with a human agent. And I think that's something that you can really do from the data. I think then personal experience for me, and, and that's where human and for me agents are really important because that's also potentially when you are a bit in more specific cases or things where the the personal touch is really important. For me, the best experience is, I don't know if I look at the real life, I'm French. If I go to a French bakery, my ideal would be to just enter and know that the baker in front of me knows exactly what I'm going to ask without me even asking it. So I think that's where the human touch and the personalization can come in. Because I don't know if you call someone, if you call the support, I would like to be greeted with my name. Maybe the customer is going to is going to be a previous customer and maybe then the agent is going to ask him if they were happy with the latest jeans they bought or maybe he's going to see that they return a jacket and ask if they found something else to replace. All those little things that don't need to be super complex, I think, can be also a way for a customer to feel special. And I think that's what they are looking for sometimes. It doesn't need to be super complex, but small attention, I would say. Is also something that can make a big difference and, and where they feel special. In some cases, you need to go for speed because that's what customers are looking for. In some cases, uh, it's more about yeah, really going one st- step further and maybe human agents won't solve the ticket in 10 minutes and they need a bit more time. But that's where then I'm really empowering the team to just go a bit one step further in, in the relationship they create with, with customers. And even at some point in our team, we wanted to rename, rethink a bit the customer support team and and not say that we are a troubleshooting or support team, but that we are in a conversation team. So the idea was to really 
switch a bit the, the way we approach that and that almost all the really easy tasks should be handled through automation, chatbots, and that everything coming to our agents would be things that needs to create conversation with customer and not only about solving the issue, but going further, maybe by giving some advice and things like this. And uh, that's the, the kind of relationship we wanted to create. That's an interesting point. And, you know, we've seen it as well in terms of how people actually define their team. You know, we've seen some brands use the terminology happiness deliverers. Many brands today kind of talk about a lot more about customer success than customer support. And I think that that can instill the type of culture that you're trying to create, especially as a big company using an outsourcer, probably not so much, but as a growing brand, it can really help to establish the culture that you're looking to create by actually, how do you describe the team? Yeah. And it helps with the culture and infuse also kind of a dynamic, I think, there. Yeah. So I think that's a nice segue to now think about the future. And, you know, I was reading some of the stuff that you've been talking about recently in your expressed desire for a good housekeeping style of approval for CX. You know, what, what does that mean to you? Actually, it's coming from an article I think I found on Forbes. And I think it's a, actually a great idea because if you look at the really odd topics right now, AI is everywhere, chatbots are everywhere, automations. And if I really look back and I try to put myself in the shoes of a customer, sometimes you have the sensation that some customers' team are a black box. I send a ticket, I get an automated answer that I'm going to receive something in five to 10 days and I don't know what's going on in the middle. I don't know how my data is being used and what's really going to happen. And GDPR is more, more and more important in Europe and things like this. So I think if you look, for example, in the world of companies like B Corp coming in to actually identify w- which companies are doing their share of the job to actually protect the environment and things like this, I think it should be interesting to also understand which company are uh, doing a get- great job in terms of customer support and the way they provide the support and show a little bit how do we manage it, what kind of uh, SLAs we put in place, do we respect those SLAs? And that it's not just something fancy that we put on our website and that we actually don't follow up on, on those promises. So, yeah, as I was saying, for me, sometimes it's a bit of a black box, depending on the company that you have to exchange with. And I think that's something that will also be a, a nice stamp that you can use as a way to provide a bit of reassurance to your customer that if they come with you, they can really rely on the fact they will get the support they deserve. And I think in a... A lot of cases, at least I know for myself, I'm doing it. Sometimes I'm going to choose one company over the other because I know the customer support or or at least I've heard the customer support is really good. And for me, it's really important. So I think it will be a nice thing to think about. Yeah. And what's your thoughts, kind of just add on that theme of introducing video when it comes to customer supports? Actually, as I was saying in introduction, that's something I've done myself as an agent. When I was at Google, we were offering support through uh, Google Meet. Uh, it used to be Google Hangout. I think it's super good in terms of uh, relationship creation because I remember exactly some of those people. I still remember them. I still have them on, on LinkedIn sometimes because we exchange it further than what you just do behind your computer on an email. The only thing I would say is that, of course, it also creates a potential space for a bit less of efficiency when it comes to solving some tickets. So I would say right now, if we were to use that, it's more something that you need to, again, really focus on the, the right topics or the right questions to potentially o- open those channels to some customers, depending on what they are looking for. And for example, at Otrium, we are in fashion. Let's say if tomorrow we decide to just start giving some advice or personal shopping or something like this, maybe that's where video calls like this would be a great thing to introduce. And then you also go even more into this 
value center thinking that the customer support can bring. And then you can actually generate sales, potentially get new customers and create more repeat buys also. So yeah, that's something that's super interesting to look at. And yeah, there is a lot of tools out there also now. So but it's true that you don't see it that much, right? Or at least I, no, no, I think, and that would build on actually my next question is if you know if you were thinking five years out, you know, what would be your prediction for kind of the world of CX? That maybe you know if you had to have one prediction, which maybe not everyone is thinking about right now, what would you what would you say it would be? One that no one is thinking about because I think AI is the obvious one and all the automation that are going to come with it. But maybe if I were to push it a bit further, really with something I believe in myself, it's really personal. But I think. Blockchain is going to be something important for the future. I know sometimes it's a bit of a buzzword and people think about cryptocurrency, but if you really look at the technology of the blockchain, I think there is a lot that can come from it in terms of the data and the security of the data that you're going to use and re- empower some customers actually uh, to use their data as they want. But I also think in terms of retention, uh, something that personally I would like to be able to do is do something, some kind of uh, loyalty program where customers, they have access to whatever events or special discounts, or sometimes you have closed um, shopping nights or things like this, and, and customer can really come enjoy those kind of thing. And I think blockchain technology is something that's going to enable that. And I think when you link that with AI, even I'm not mentioning it because I think everyone's mentioning it right now, but I think AI and automation are going to be the big it for the next five years. I just feel like it's just time now for companies to be more serious about it. I just mean that, and what I mean uh, serious is like the companies using those chatbot solutions because sometimes you have the feeling that they are just testing out a bit, but they are not implementing it the right way. The settings are not working. And then they are going to say that chatbot is not for them or automation is not for them. But I think it's a bit unrealistic because you there is no denying to just say that automation and chatbots are making your your work much more easier and are basically solving a lot of uh, pain when it comes to freeing up some time for your customers' agents so they can focus on things that are more complex and need more human touch. So I think it's not realistic to say that chatbot and, and, and automation is not for you. It's just something that you need to implement efficiently and smartly. And that's why I mean by saying that company needs to be serious about it because yeah, that's also something that is going to be key. And I think if you don't invest in that because you feel like potentially it's too expensive right now, I think down the line you will be losing from my perspective. It's it's maybe an investment upfront, of course, but I think the the savings that you can generate thanks to the solution on the long run is uh, yeah, it's crazy uh, compared to uh, to just staying a bit uh, old school from that perspective. Makes complete sense. And Thibaut, I guess uh, last question I'll ask you, which we, we really like to ask everyone that, that comes on the podcast is, you know, if you had to pick out one brand that you really admire, who would you say it would be and why? I think Rafa. I don't know if you know Rafa, the cycling apparel company. I like them for multiple things. First, their support is really effective. Every time I had to to ask them something, it's just in the minute. It's right away. So that's, as I was saying, speed for me is still something really important. They managed to create this almost sense of community and not only online, but also in physical store. Because if you, that's what is interesting also is like, how do you approach customer support when you have both a digital presence and physical presence? And I think when you go to a, 
Rafa store, you have the sensation for some reason, at least that's my sensation, that I'm entering their website and then you see people coming just before going out cycling. They are coming with all their gears. Maybe they're going to buy something. Maybe they are going home, but there is a bit this melting pot of things. Maybe they have a coffee, whatever, and, and really have the sense that it's something a bit different than just coming to buy uh, something in, in, in the store and that there is really kind of a, yeah, a community around that company. And I think you, it's a bit like Apple from my perspective. You have a lot of people that are going to defend Rafa, whatever. It's the best brand for them. There is no even a discussion about other brands and they will be doing everything to just stay in this community that was created by the brand. And I think that's really powerful, basically. I love that. I love that. Rafa is one of my favorite brands as well, definitely. Well, Thibo, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really interesting. If I had to summarize, there's been so many interesting points that you've come up with today. I think that how to define customer centricity, which I think people often think about, and I think we've covered that in great detail today. I think data, everything is, you know, it's, it's, it is a buzzword, but ultimately all decisions should be led by data. And finally, you know, the role of AI and automation and what role that will play in the future of customer experience. Mathibo, thank you so much for coming on. Welcome you back soon. Thank you, Chris. Have a good day. The e-commerce customer experience podcast is brought to you by Digital Genius. Digital Genius uses cutting-edge AI technology to streamline response times for support tickets. The platform allows for flexible integration into your existing systems and control over your processes, while significantly improving key performance metrics. To find out more about Digital Genius and how our intuitive platform combines AI, integrations and workflows to make your customers, team and mailbox happy, head to digitalgenius.com. Also, make sure to search for e-commerce customer experience in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Digital Genius, thank you for listening.